Hey beautiful, this is Tara. Welcome to the Midlife Wake Up, the podcast where we have conversations about creating change in our lives, one wake up call at a time. Because there comes a time in everyone's life when you question what it's all about, how you're living, and who you've become. Life is precious and it goes by quickly. So let's make sure we're really living true to ourselves and creating exactly what we want to experience. It's time to wake up and live. Hello and welcome back. I have been on a little hiatus. I haven't been on the podcast for a couple weeks and I first want to apologize because my my goal with the podcast, my goal with, with doing the podcast is to be consistent with showing up and being here with you every week. And I know that there'll be breaks here and there, but this was an unexpected hiatus. And I'll tell you a little bit about what happened for me. So something really intense happened in my personal life Uh, a few weeks ago. My first son was having his birthday. And of course, family always comes up to visit us during birthdays and different things throughout the year, but I had two rounds of family come uh, at various times, some overlapping, and lots of celebrations going on for my first son's birthday. But during that time, we went for a beautiful hike in this this just gorgeous nature preserve tucked into a little town, kind of in a little gold rush town in California, in Nevada City. And it was beautiful. There was just gorgeous trees, meandering path. There was not very many people there. We went on a Thursday and there was this amazing river just rushing by. And we had lunch right at this waterfall on these rocks that were polished just so smooth from the water and learned about the history of of the area. And it was just fabulous. We had a wonderful day. And I was there with my mom, who I just adore, and my boys, and also my little puppy girl. And my little puppy girl is my first baby. She is going to be 15 in May. And she is that kind of, she's a little girl. She's a little, we call her a dachshund girl, a little doxy girl. We think she's a chihuahua dachshund. Never had her tested, but that was what, that was kind of what we were told, and when we got her at four months old and um, anyway, she's just, she's been such a huge part of our lives. She's one of those that can't handle being alone. I tried all the training, I tried all the things and it just, it never worked for her. And I took her to work with me for years. I um, put her in you know puppy daycare when I had to go for long days. She was always with someone. Um, She's just, you know, and she's always with us, always. We take her everywhere. And so she's a really big part of our family. And she's like, she's like my first baby. You know, if you have pets, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They hold such a special place in your heart, especially if they are involved in your day-to-day life or, you know, you've traveled with them or you take them everywhere. And, um, you know, there's just a really special connection that pets have and a really 
beautiful connection that we have with our pets that's that's just that unconditional love that you almost can't get anywhere else you know because humans are human to human connection there's always there's always challenges to get through there's there's personalities to work with there's there's you know there's all that stuff right but with pets they just adore you and you just adore them for being who they are and so anyway she was with us on our little hike and everything was like fine and normal and then we you know we get home later that day and Sometimes she can be sensitive to um, to elevation. And so throughout her life, like, for example, when we took her to Yosemite one year, we noticed that she was really sensitive. Um, her system was really sensitive when we got home. And, you know, I, I kind of attributed some of it to susceptibility to elevation sickness. So anyway, she came, we came home Thursday night and she was sick. She wasn't, you know, she wasn't doing well. She, she was having tummy sickness. And, um, and I just kind of started to think, oh, okay, well, maybe that was, you know, it wasn't a high elevation that we went to and it was really gentle and I carried her for the most of the walk because, you know, she's 14. But she just, you know, she wasn't doing well. She wasn't really eating and she is getting older, and I know that she's getting older, and every year that goes by or every holiday that goes by, I think to myself, oh my gosh, you know, is this is she going to be with us at this time next year? Not to be morbid, but just to be really present with that, you know, that awareness. And so she rem continued to be sick throughout the weekend. And so I took her into the doctor on Sunday and we have, a few years ago, we had an issue with her health and found out that she had congestive heart failure. So our little girl has been medicated just really well. She's been doing amazing for almost five years. And so she's had congestive heart failure for about five years. And, you know, that's being monitored, her blood work's always done, and, um, you know, took her in Sunday. So she's always had high liver enzyme values because of this heart medicine that she's on. But this time they were just through the roof, like off the chart, almost such that the, the test wouldn't even show her levels. So this was really alarming, of course, to the doctors, and she had lost a good amount of weight. She hadn't eaten in a few days, but she looked really skinny. And she is, she's gotten to that point where she has, is looking like an elderly dog, right? When, when I guess when anyone goes through that stage, when we get to that really elderly part, you know, we lose a lot of our fat tissues. We just kind of shrink, in a, in a sense, you know, get a little bit more bony. And she, that's happened to her a little bit in the last few months. And I was just attributing some of that to age. Well, now that we're having this situation with her, her body and we're getting these test results, I'm realizing, okay, maybe it has something more to do with something that's going on in her system. So it was alarming enough to the doctors to say, okay, let's get her an ultrasound of 
her abdomen. So, of course, you know, we go through all of the situations trying to find the specialist because this this is a specialty kind of service. This is not something that's done at our vet. It's not something that's done at normal veterinarian places. And so we get an appointment for Tuesday. And she's still, you know, she's still not doing well for these few days. So we get her an appointment, and it's one of these um, pet emergency places. And it was actually a place that I had taken her years ago in the middle of the night when she was having breathing issues and right after she was diagnosed with congestive heart failure. So I knew the place, and, you know, it's just the energy is a little bit more chaotic. It's a little bit more... Um, it's just not peaceful. And pets really aren't, I don't know. It, my, my girls never like the doctor. They always, they always know. <laughs> they know it's not like, oh, this is not going to be fun. They know. And so we had to leave her for the day because that's just the way they did it. They took them, you know, one at a time, however they could during the span of the time that the specialist was there. So we got the call in the afternoon. I got the call from the specialist, and there um, they found a mass in her liver. And I just, oh, I just lost it. It's it was just so heartbreaking to hear that because I think for any of us, when we are so in love with someone or something we want the best for them, right? We don't want them to be sick. We don't want them to suffer. We don't want anything negative. You know, we want we want them to go in peace. We want them to go in their sleep. And so when you get this kind of diagnosis, when you get this kind of news, it's just, it's really debilitating. And so, you know, got the news and because of her age and because of her congestive heart failure, she's not able to be uh, sedated so or surgery. And the where this mass is in the liver, it's just really not an accessible place anyway, even if she was um, surgically, you know, capable for surgery. So anyway, um, you got her home, you know, picked her up, got her home. She slept for like a day, and of course, I started to make all the calls for trying to find a hospice doctor, an end-of-life doctor to come to our home so that she wouldn't be going anywhere else, and I was just riding the wave of, um, of this situation that I've never, ever been in before with a pet, and actually, actually, I have. I mean, I had a little parakeet. <laughs> His name was Sunny, and he was yellow. And um, I had to put him down when my first son was a baby. He just, yeah, and, you know, but it's different, right? It's different with a little doggy. So anyway, um, I know that I'm telling you almost like all the details, but it does relate to our overall subject. So anyway got her home, you know, playing just beautiful high vibration music for her, trying to, you know, give her some, some pain medicine. It doesn't look like she's in pain. It didn't look like she was in pain to the doctors. 
just trying to support her and all the while being an emotional wreck because I'm losing my baby girl. And I, I just, you know, I, I just continued to, 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 you know, kind of monitor her and ended up connecting with this, um, end of life doctor that I really, really liked. And she was more so of the opinion of she will tell you when she's ready. She will tell you when she's ready and she will let you know and you need to just watch for her signs. Whereas I was thinking that the responsibility was completely on me, on me to decide, on me to, you know, let her go. And, you know, there's a lot to this, right? There's a lot to this this moment in life whether it's a pet or a person and you know of course you're grieving you're going through the emotions you're going through the the feeling and the the fear of the loss you're going through um you know all just the heartbreak of you know of that potential loss and you don't know when it's going to come and with a pet you know you're also working with the self-responsibility and really making sure that you're also being aware and conscientious of when is the right time so that your your loved your little lovey isn't going to suffer and so i've been i was going through all of this um you know the few weeks ago and it was very difficult but i just loved this doctor and what she had to say because she was she was placing myself as more of an observer of my doggy who has the power to say right who has the power to say when she's ready and there's been a, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster ride for the last few weeks there was days when she started there were days when she was looking better and she started eating, which was amazing. And, um, you know, there were days where she wasn't eating at all and she was just not doing well. So anyway, through this doctor, I had, I had talked to her, had, you know, lots of so many questions and she was so supportive and kind. And it's just amazing when people show up for you like that and people just, it's the right person at the right time and they're there for you whether or not you are using them as a service or not it just you know these are the people that affect your life in such a beautiful way and that you'll never forget them because they're there for you even though they don't even know you or you know maybe they do know you it just depends upon the situation but it's just this is one of the beautiful moments in life where we can show up for each other. And this woman showed up for me and she, she recommended that I, you know, look into a different kind of pain option because this pain medicine that I got from the doctors, it just sounded really strong and my girl just couldn't stand the taste of it. So anyway, I ended up um, calling my natural food store, my natural food store doctor or doggy, you know, pet place and talking to somebody really knowledgeable there and she recommended that I get her set up on a few different supplements 
and this you know CBD oil um, that would also help with any pain or discomfort. Again, I'm not seeing any signs of pain or discomfort, but I want something just in case. So I end up getting these few different supplements that this woman recommends and doing, doing some research on it. And a lot of them are immune boosting, cancer fighting, um, you know, blocking blood flow to tumors, really awesome, really cool things like that. And also helping to support her liver system. And so I start giving her this, all of these supplements. I have this crazy schedule I put at, you know, put together because she also has her heart medicine and she has all these, you know, another vitamin that supports her liver. And now I've, and now I'm adding in like four different supplements throughout the day and I'm trying to spread it out so I don't overwhelm her system. And <laughs> all the while she's, some days she's eating, some days she's not. So some, day, some days I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to give her these supplements. And I'm, I'm mixing it with like goat's milk in a, and giving it to her in a syringe. Some days I'm trying broth that, you know, doesn't have any added like salt or herbs to it. Something that's really mild and bland. So anyway, I'm going through all this crazy stuff to try and support my girl and just do everything I possibly can to, you know, help her immune system, help her get strong, help her do whatever while I'm trying to monitor, you know, her responses in, in whether or not she's ready to go or ready to, you know, ready to stay and fight or what, what, you know, what. And all the while just trying to manage my emotions about it too. And, um, it's emotional for me and I've allowed myself to be emotional about it. And it's one thing that I have really come to terms with because I was shamed a lot as a child for crying. And, you know, as an adult, I know that crying and especially as a mother, I know that crying is just a way that our body releases emotions. It doesn't mean that you're dramatic. It doesn't mean that you are weak. It doesn't mean that you can't, you're incapable of handling things. It doesn't mean, you know, whatever it could mean. It doesn't mean anything. It's an actual natural response that our body has to help release emotions outside of our body. And for me, you know, I would rather cry than fume and rage. You know, I would rather cry than break down and go into a depression. I mean, I would, there's so many different ways that we can process our emotions and so I've allowed myself to really, to really cry during this moment and, and allow myself to really, you know, process my emotions and let it out and really let it out. And so that's something that I've, I've, um, I feel like I've really come to terms with, with the crying in such a raw, vulnerable, emotional moment and, you know, just honoring that for myself. So you know, that's a huge realization right there. Um, you know, but like I said, you know, there have been days where it's just been really hard and, and I've, you know, made the call to the doctor thinking, you know, well, this is, you're going to have to come soon. And then she starts eating again and rebounds. So at this moment, she's doing amazing. She is, she is up. She is walking around like normal. She's wagging her tail. She even chased my boys down the hallway the other day. She's eating tons. I'm still giving her her supplements. And 
you know, it, it's like she's back to her normal self. And it's it's miraculous. And I'm one of those people that completely believes in miracles. I, um, I believe in, you know, magic, that kind of magic that's just, you know, these unseen forces that work in our behalf and work in our favor. And, um, and, you know, I am so thankful to that, to that doctor who I stay in contact with, um, because she rooted for us in a totally different way. And she led me down this path where I followed the breadcrumbs to this other place where I was able to be given some hope. I was able to be given some hope of, you know, maybe not rehabilitating her, but, but yeah, maybe rehabilitating her, maybe, um, just supporting her as best as I could, you know, towards the end of her life. Um, you know, but now I'm seeing that she's acting like normal and you knock on wood, I'm sharing all this with you. Um, and it will continue. And when she's ready to go, she will go in her sleep peacefully. I, I, that's, that's, you know, obviously the best that I can hope for, but until, until the time that she's ready or until that time, I will support her and love her and care for her as best as I can. And so that is where I've been the last few weeks. I've been supporting, you know, our, our, our girl. And I've also been working on, um, being grounded within myself, allowing myself to go through these emotions and also support my boys. You know, I have three boys and this was the, the, you know, this would be their first end of life experience, even though it's just a pet and not a person, but she's, she's a person to us. (laughs) And, um, you know, I really wanted to be grounded and aware and just present to help them go through that because I think, you know, some children, they can just rebound really quickly. Some children take things deeply and, you know, if you know, you know, your children, I know my children and I know how, how things would go. And I just, I needed to take a sacred pause. And I didn't quite understand what that meant until about a, about a week into, you know, not showing up for my normal work, not showing up for the podcast, not showing up for um, social media content, you know, not showing up for things that I am normally consistent with. And I realized that I had dis- and I had decided that I wasn't going to because I needed to be present for all of that. I needed to support myself. I needed to allow myself to rest. I needed to, um, you know, be present with the schedule of all these supplements. I needed to be with my boys. I needed to try and maintain some of the normalcy of our lives with the different events that were going on and, and just, you know, all the things. And so I realized, though, that that um, it was a sacred pause. And I've never done that before. And that's, you know, I'm telling you all this story because I'm telling you, I'm just giving you all the details. Um, but that's not quite the point of where I'm coming from with, with what I want to share with you. What I want to share with you is that there are moments in our life that require us to take this step back, to take this moment for ourselves, 
to take this, what I'm calling sacred pause. And I just, I've never taken a sacred pause before. And this term came to me about, like I said, about a week after I had decided that I wasn't, I was just, I was, everything was on hold. You know, I wasn't going to do anything. I needed to, to be present in this situation. And the term came to me, the sacred pause, and it was just so profound because that was exactly what I'm do what I was doing. You know, I was pausing everything because of this sacred moment, you know, this moment where my girl could have been transitioning into, you know, going beyond earth side. And I know that, you know, for, for me, her life wouldn't end there. Her physical life would end there, but her spiritual life wouldn't. But the sacredness of it, the sacredness of being there for her, you know, taking care of her her whole life, the, the sacredness of being there for myself, the sacredness of being there for my family, the sacredness of, you know, having that moment where I just took a breath and took a break. And this was not, it was not typical for me to do things like that. You know, pausing is not something that I normally do at all. I keep going. I, um, I achieve something. I keep going. I move on to the next thing. I, you know, there's a situation. I, I just, I move forward, you know, fix it or deal with it and then move straight forward to the next thing. I never stop, never stop. I have a lot of energy and even just during my day, I just, I basically never stop until it's just really like too late and it's time and you have to go to bed because it's just too late. <laughs> or I'm just be, I just go so, so, so much, go all day and then I just fall asleep on the couch because it's just, I'm beyond exhausted, right? And so I'm working on this for myself. I'm working on creating a little bit more slowness and balance and ease and flow. But it's also just kind of part of my personality to charge forward. And so allowing myself to have this, allowing myself to have that moment of just putting everything on pause, just stopping was really profound because it's just not my style. It's just not something that I do. And I want to, you know, talk about this because I don't think many of us allow ourselves to have this sacred pause. And I think it's because, you know, we so much of our self-worth and um, just keeping up with our life is about productivity. And we don't allow ourselves to slow down. You know, it's kind of part of our society to like push and go and keep going and attain this. And, and especially if you're like in the, you know, hustle culture, which thankfully is dying down. But, you know, even if you're just like, you have kids and you're working and you're, you know, your kids have activities and then you're trying to do all the things and, you know, then you have to come home and make dinner and do the laundry and just keep it going. It's like that in itself, you know, that moment in itself is just so intense. It's just a lot going on. Um, or even if you don't have any children and you're just in a, you know, a position where you're like, working all the time, you're an entrepreneur, you're trying to, you know, 
spin all these plates in the air and you're trying to be involved in this group and that group and build your business and serve your audience and work with your clients. Or maybe, you know, you're in school and you're just trying, you're working jobs and you're going to class or you're in a corporate job and you're just, you know, long days and traveling and, and traffic and, you know, whatever it is your situation, you know, we live our lives at such a pace that can be really difficult to maintain when something rocks our boat, right? When something comes up and it just requires our attention or it requires our, our you know, emotions or requires us to show up in a totally different way. And I just want to ask you, you know, are you allowing yourself to take a pause? Now, maybe you can't stop your work and your job and your, you know, school and your, your this and your that. You know, I didn't necessarily stop everything that I was doing, but I stopped a few things that I was doing because that was what I could maintain at the time. And I had to take care of myself. And that was the thing that I could do to take care of myself. And so, you know, I have some other thoughts on that. Like I'm going to work on being a little bit more ahead. And that's something that's a challenge for me because my time is, can be a little bit more limited, but you know, what, what can you do to honor when you have a moment like this, what can you do to honor yourself and allow yourself to take a sacred pause? You know, maybe you're at a crossroads in your life and you need a minute to just pause and figure out what the hell you're doing. Maybe you just need a minute to pause and process something that happened to you years ago that's coming up for you now. Maybe you just need a minute to pause and just honor what's going on around you and realize that you are spent and that you just need a minute. And that pause can last for an hour. That pause can last for three weeks. That pause can last for a month. It can last for a year, whatever it is that you need. I think that this sacred pause is important. And the reason why I think that the sacred word came to me when I came up with this term is because it is sacred. You know, whatever it is that, you, that needs your time and attention and that pause, it's sacred because it might be supporting, you know, me supporting my doggy through this medical situation and, and figuring out what, what the next step was. And maybe for you, it's something totally different, but it's big enough to really matter. And that is sacred because you are worthy of a pause. You know, whatever is calling to you that needs your attention, whether it's yourself or someone else or situation or whatever it is, you are worth that sacred pause. And, you know, that was something that I allowed myself to do over the last few weeks. And there were times when I thought, you know, I really want to get back to it. And I tried to get back to it and then something happened 
Um, and that, you know, that's kind of just the way life is. And I have to honor that as well. And just sometimes just push through it and get things done anyway. But, you know, I wanted to share with you this experience because not only was it just so deep and impactful for me, but also because this sacred pause just served me in such a deep way because I never allow myself to stop. And it's something that has brought me a lot of different awareness and a lot of different clarity in so many areas of my life that I would not have had had I kept pushing through. I wouldn't have had it if I, you know, just continued to manage regular life on top of the situation and everything else that I'm doing. That clarity wouldn't have come. And it's through these kind of moments that the clarity that we need, it comes and it changes things. And so I just want to, to say that if you're going through something that's really calling your attention or you, you just know in your heart that there's something that you are working through and that you need to figure out and you need some clarity on, then I suggest you take that sacred pause because it will serve you. And it, it doesn't have to be long. It can be long if you need it to be, but it doesn't always have to be. Because sometimes when we stop all of that noise and we stop all of that just hustle and bustle and just the pace of our lives, we're able to have a totally different connection to our intuition, a totally different connection to the voice that's calling from within, a totally different connection to what it is that we want, you know, a totally different connection to that woman that we want to be. And so that's where I've been. That's where I've been these few weeks. And that's what's been going on for me. And I hope that, you know, this this has served you. I hope that you can take this and, you know, relate it to your life. I hope that you can take a sacred pause for yourself if that's something that is calling to you. So I'm back. I'm happy to be here with you. I've missed being here with you. And I will see you next week. Have a beautiful day. Please take a moment to subscribe and leave a review. It means a lot to me and your review helps me reach more people to have more of these important conversations. So thank you for your time doing that. And also, are you an insider yet? Make sure to sign up at terramana.com to get my free meditation, Connecting with Your Self Vision. I hope today's wake up impacted you in a way that can benefit your life this is your life and it's meant to be lived your way. Thank you so much for being here and I'll see you next time.